0: Hidden Valley Ranch is the original and number one ranch dressing with a cult-like following of loyal fans. Make any menu item more loved by offering your patrons creamy and cool Hidden Valley Ranch. Visit hiddenvalleyranchfoodservice.com for more info, rebates, and samples.
1: Welcome to Menu Feed, a bi-weekly podcast from Winsight Media's two food service brands, restaurant business and food service director. I'm Pat Coby, senior editor covering menu, food, and drink for both brands. Today I'm talking with Chris Sims, founder and CEO of Lazy Dog Restaurant and Bar, a casual dining chain with 39 locations. Sims and his team strive to make Lazy Dog the next generation of casual dining, by delivering a unique experience through its menu mix, ambiance, and hospitality. Instead of paring down the menu during the pandemic, the kitchen accelerated innovation, creating chef-designed TV dinners to go, partnering with a craft brewery to offer canned beers, and starting a virtual concept called Jolene's Wings. Listen as Sim shares how Lazy Dog will continue building on these innovations and satisfying customers' cravings as the chain grows. Welcome, Chris. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Pat. So this is something I've always been curious about. How did Lazy Dog get its name?
0: Gosh. uh, So what was that about? A little over 20 years ago, God, I can't believe that I'm, I'm... I'm that old but i uh uh my dad and i were sitting up in our uh, our home in jackson hole wyoming and um we were kicking around names for for this restaurant concept that i had and my my parents dog was was laying there and and we we really wanted the concept to be very approachable to, uh, families, to, to millennials, to, 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 to the whole gamut of, of people and income levels. Mm-hmm. And, and so we said, we, we've got to make sure that this, this, this concept is, is approachable and, and that it's not, um, you know, that, that it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. And I looked down and I said, oh my gosh, like, what if, what if we use dog in the name? And lo and behold, we came up with lazy dog and, uh, and so the, the fun part about it is that when you read the name, uh, you just can't take it too seriously. You know, you, you know that it's going to be casual. You know that it's going to be fun. And that's, uh, that's exactly what we were aiming for in the concept.
1: Well, that's a really cool story. I love it. And before you um, started at Lazy Dog, describe your journey of how you got there um, and when it actually um, launched
0: yeah so uh, as we as we were talking about i I went to uh, I went to Cornell University I went to the hotel school there uh, to learn about the restaurant business. I actually got my first restaurant job when I was fourteen years old uh, working the the pool uh, grill uh, up in Jackson hole at a, at the local country club and i I, I fell in love with the the business like I, I loved making people happy by serving them and cooking them you know food and food and drink
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and so I I continued to work my way up through various kitchens in in Jackson Hole as I was growing up uh, went to Cornell and when I graduated I, I had the dream of opening up my own restaurant but uh, my dad gave me some incredible advice and he said listen if you want to open up your own restaurant the first thing you've got to do is go to work for a company, uh, that is doing something similar to, to what you want to do so that you can see what success looks like. And so I went to work, uh, for PF Ching's China Bistro right out of college. I got a job as a, you know, as a, an entry-level manager. And, uh, at the time they had six restaurants, which definitely dates me. Um, but, uh, but I had the opportunity to to work my way up through the ranks at, at PF Chang's. I opened up a, a couple of their restaurants and uh, and spent a few years with them. And I really got to learn, you know, what what made up a successful national restaurant company and brand. And uh, I, I couldn't thank I cannot thank them enough for for all of the learnings that that I got. And, and the roots of that 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 brand were just incredible. And so I left PF Chang's right around 2000. And uh, I went to work at Mimi's cafe for about a year and got to learn about construction and real estate and, and, uh, and helped out with multiple openings there as well. And, and then started working on, on the lazy dog concept. And uh, my dad and I really put our heads together uh, to, uh, you know, to, to, to help craft that concept.
1: So you had a lot of experience in the casual dining segment, and that was the segment you wanted to get into, I imagine, from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I definitely wanted to get into casual dining. I, I saw an opportunity where a lot of the concepts that were um, successful had had really been started when my dad started Mimi's back in the '70s, mm-hmm. and I felt like as they had grown, uh, that you know, some of them, you know, had kind of lost their way, <laughs> you know, it's, it's when a restaurant company starts focusing too much on profit and not enough on the guest and the teammates. Right. Uh, and so I felt like a lot of those casual dining concepts out there had had started in that trend. And I felt that there was a really good opportunity to create the next generation of casual dining.
1: So how does Lazy Dog differentiate itself in the casual dining space?
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, again, it's, it's what we call the next generation of casual dining. Mm -hmm. Um, We have, we have focused heavily over the last uh, 20 years uh, on this culture that we've created. And the the culture is, is a culture of care and trust and and a focus on people um, and, that impact, and that obviously impacts our teammates, as, as you know, that's how we lead them, that's how we manage them. Um, but it also really impacts our guests and the communities that we're in, uh, because it, it encourages uh, our teams to, to connect more deeply with our guests uh and 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 find a whole nother level uh, with them and and their communities and and uh, it, it was actually even more obvious you know in the in the pandemic over the last year is as you know these communities actually depended on us for for food and and mm-hmm. for pantry kits and for for you know for for that little bit of connection that they got every day as they picked up their orders so it, it's really exciting mm-hmm. i think you know, i think that's one piece of it um the next piece of it is is really all about the product that we serve, and you know we are very careful about how we source that product. Uh, but but even further than that, we love to celebrate the people and the passion behind the product, and uh, and and I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back to that uh, post pandemic. Because we really had a great series of videos and, and stories that we were telling about the, the, the incredible uh, people behind the product that we serve. And so I, I want to I definitely am looking forward to getting back to that. Um, I think probably the third kind of leg of the stool is, is our innovation. Um, you know, As the next generation of casual dining, we're really blazing our own trail and uh and so as we as we do that we don't have a whole lot of 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 places to to take ideas from instead we have to come up with our own new fresh ideas and uh and so i think that's another piece of the puzzle that the guest really appreciates because they're experiencing things at lazy dog that they've never experienced before and we we get to we get to offer that in a in a in a safe environment where they can, they can take a little risk and, and, uh, and try something new. And, and so I think those are probably the three primary pieces of the company that truly differentiate us from, from the rest of our, our competition.
1: Well, when you talk about innovation, I mean, the menu is very innovative and varied. So can you talk about why uh, the extensive choice and all the different categories are important to your concept?
0: yeah, our you know our concept is is a place for people to gather with their friends and their family and their coworkers. Um, and so we want to have a variety on our menu uh, that allows for everybody to be able to to find something to satisfy their craving. Uh, and so therefore, we wanted the variety to be big enough to achieve that. With that said, we also have been very disciplined over over the past several years uh, to make sure that we didn't get that menu bloat, <laughs> you know, that where all of a sudden that menu gets so big that then the quality of each of the dishes starts to decrease. So uh, we we feel like we've found that sweet spot where we we are able to offer the variety, but we're also able to execute it, you know, at a, at a high level every day.
1: Did you have to streamline it or downsize it during the pandemic to make it more operationally efficient?
0: You know, we, we, we probably, we took a uh, probably a handful of dishes off the menu. Uh, There was some, uh, there was definitely some menu items that were doubled up and, and, you know, probably had similar flavor profiles, but, but for the most part, we have a very similar menu to what we had before. And again, like I, I feel like we found just the right mix uh, of 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 dishes uh, for our guests and for what people were looking for. and mm. and so um yeah, we 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 decided to to not go too deep on on reducing the menu size, but instead double down on the quality and uh, and and the uh, uh, you know the flavor profiles of the dishes.
1: Are there certain signatures that you really can't take off the menu, even though you innovate quite a lot?
0: I, I drive our teams crazy because nothing is safe. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, you know, I feel it's important to, to, to innovate each dish, you know, at least once every few years. And so I, there i don't there's not a single dish on our menu that we haven't gone back and innovated at least a couple of times and uh and i know it's scary and i know that there's definitely going to be people that that uh, uh that that have lots of comments for me but uh all in all i would say the vast majority of those times we end up selling more than 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 we did before so i think it's important that you, you continue to improve that constant, that constant innovation, that constant evolution is is incredibly important.
1: Mm. I was really impressed by the um, TV dinners that you introduced during the pandemic and that were very like um, off premise friendly for delivery and carry out. So tell me a little bit about how those came about.
0: Yeah, so, you know, the pandemic was really interesting because it was, my, my dad calls it the great accelerator. It, uh, it it kind of made everything that you either were planning on doing or should be doing happen faster, and so um, going into 2020, we had we had you know a very large strategic plan on on how to build off premise business, and and one of the components of that was um, to to find a way to offer uh, food that could be taken with our, our guests, uh, while they were in our restaurant, uh, or ordering takeout that that could be eaten at a different occasion. And so mm-hmm. we didn't really know what that was going to look like. We didn't know how that was going to happen. Uh, but, uh, but we we definitely accelerated our plans when when the pandemic hit, and and so uh, I, I have to give huge kudos to to John Williams, our chief marketing officer, and Gabriel Caliendo, my original uh, partner in Lazy Dog, who, who runs all of our culinary R and D, uh, because uh, the three of us were on the phone and and I'm kind of talking with the guys. I'm like, all right, this is what I want. This is this is what we need to do. And and Gabriel, out of the blue, says. You know what do you think about TV dinners, and and immediately I just lit up and and I said Gabriel that is brilliant. So then so then basically Gabe started working on the food and John and his team started working on the the, the branding side of things and uh, and lo and behold you know we we created this this CPG business uh, out of nothing and uh, and we're so excited because. You know, along with the TV dinners, we also began packaging all of our house beers uh, as 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 a, as we had a new partnership with Melvin Brewing, and and so lo and behold, uh, you know, coming through this pandemic, we are actually stronger than we ever were because now we have this entire new line of business that we've created, and uh, and we're we're extremely excited about the success and 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 the potential moving forward.
1: So, how do you package the beers? Are they in cans or bottles? Or?
0: Absolutely, yeah, in cans. Yep. So we've created our own, our own labels, our own cans, uh, and, and we're, we've been putting, you know, all of our, our a, a selection of our house beers brewed by Melvin uh, uh, in those cans and been selling a lot of them. Mm.
1: And the TV dinners, you see that as continuing even after dine-in comes back. You know, at hundred percent. Yeah,
0: a- absolutely. I, I think that they're. This is a way for our guests to experience Lazy Lazy Dog at their home, uh, mm-hmm. and and in a in a in a really high quality way, um, and so I, I, I definitely see this business continuing to grow, and we we will continue to innovate it because it's you know for us it's just an extension of our brand into our guest homes.
1: Mm. Is there one that did particularly well? You know, was it one more popular than the others? <laughs>
0: The pot roast isn't that funny. <laughs> the, oh, pot roast, will,
1: will pot the pot roast, people love the pot
0: roast. They love pot roast, and it, it's our number one seller. Uh, and I just, you know, it I, it warms up so well. I mean, I think that's probably the one of the most incredible things about the TV dinners is people are are legitimately surprised when they go home and they take it out of the freezer and they they pop it in the oven. Like the quality of the food is so good. And and uh, and so that's why we're seeing a ton of repeat business, uh, and and people who have just just really you know kind of fell in love with our TV dinners.
1: Mm. But you don't serve them in the restaurant, or do you?
0: Nope, uh, nope. The TV dinners they are they are um, they as of now they are all the dishes that we currently do serve in our in our restaurants. You know, they're just TV dinner versions. Mm. Uh, of course, with the TV dinners, you get a, a little dessert that that bakes up fresh along with you know while you're heating up the tv dinner so it all is in the same container and next thing you know you end up with this freshly baked little cake that goes along with with your pot roast or your uh you know or your your bison meatloaf yeah yeah
1: I went. Do you, you don't sell them by mail order or anything, do you?
0: No, we haven't. We haven't gone there yet. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one of the nice things is that we are able to. Um, we're able to control the distribution of it and the preparation of it because mm-hmm. we're all we're only we're only preparing the dishes in uh, in our kitchens and we're only distributing through our restaurants uh, mm-hmm. right now. So. Uh, there, there is that that ability to be able to control the quality and and then also innovate fast. You know, we're able to to try new things pretty quickly because we're we're doing it all ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm. Your happy hour menu is always very innovative too. That was something that I've written about a lot. In the small plates that you do, can you talk uh-huh. about why these are an important point of differentiation for Lazy Dog?
0: Yeah, you know, again, you know, happy hour, you know, happy hour is, is a time for, or is a, uh, is an opportunity for people to spend time with friends or family or coworkers. And so for us, since that's one of our uh, purposes in life, the, therefore we want to make it as easy as possible for people to do that. And so happy hour, you know, happy hour gives us that ability to, to offer our, our guests, these small plates that, that you mentioned, and um, the small plates, you know, really kind of do two things for us. They um, they encourage people to share and and kind of sit together and 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 enjoy a meal together. Um, but they also allow us to innovate a little bit more than normal because the risk factor for the guest is is a little bit less. Uh, because the items are priced, you know, kind of very reasonably, people are able to try things that they may not have tried before. And, uh, and so we're able to be even a little more bold with some of the flavors on the menu uh, so that people can, can try new things with friends.
1: Mm -hmm. Are there certain ones that have really become popular or that you, you know, brought back again and again?
0: You know, it's, it's funny, like everything, like every category on the menu there are the, the two top sellers are always the, the, the ones that, um, are, you know, very uh, common and, and approachable and, and comfort, you know, comfortable. Ooh. And then there's always the innovative ones. <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, we, we, uh, you know, we, we've, we've absolutely had our, uh, our, our, uh, you know, Chicken buffalo nuggets on the on the menu for quite some time, and uh, and those are always a top popular top, top seller. The hush puppies are always a top seller, uh, but at the same time, you know, we came out with our uh, our our bacon candy uh, uh, grilled cheese, and uh, and and that was what you know a popular one too. So you know, we're always trying to keep the the menu balanced between those those craveable classics and uh, the approachable innovation.
1: And some of these have um, dipping sauces that are uh, like the jalapeno lime aioli with the sweet potato tots and the Nashville Mm -hmm. Hot Ranch for the cheddar cheese curds, which sounds amazing. Um, So good. How did these sauces and dips turn the items into like craveable bites and signatures?
0: Yeah, the um, so the way that the way that we approach innovation is we want to make sure that there is a, a recognizable primary ingredient, and then we then have a, a lot of fun with the the sauce or the side. And so mm-hmm. that's a you know both of those are perfect examples. You, know, you take a cheese curd, which is a pretty you know you know pretty pretty recognizable primary ingredient, but then you spice it up with a Nashville hot ranch. Um, mm-hmm. And, and we do that across the menu as we as we innovate because we find that uh, people want to try new things they want to try new flavors but there also needs to be some type of approachability to it and, and it needs to be somewhat recognizable and uh, and that's where we found a lot of our, our success with innovation.
1: You talked about the beer on the bar menus, but how mm-hmm. else? Um, what are some of the other drinks that you do that really um, set Lazy Dog apart, like your cocktails?
0: Yeah, gosh, I mean, we you know we do you know, we do a, a bacon infused uh, old fashioned. Um, you know, our our bar menu really celebrates the craft behind the product. Uh, again, you know, the people and the craft behind the product, the passion and so i think one of the differentiators for us is is we we make a lot of our ingredients and mixers uh, for those craft cocktails in house
2: mm-hmm. and
0: i think that, that that makes a huge difference like there is there is a distinct you know change in taste profile when something is made in house versus you know made you know across the country bottled shipped <laughs> opened and and poured so um you know we also have a lot of culinary twists uh, to to our uh um you know to our cocktail pro program as well but i think uh you know that craft you know that craft definitely transcends into the beer program as well um you know our partnership with melvin has been a, a, a like a true partnership they they you know, they, they started in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, you know, great guys. Um, and, and we said, Hey, listen, like we, we love your product. We love your story. You know, do you want to partner up with us? And do you want to, do you want to, uh, you know, help do all of our house beers? And, uh, and so, you know, they said yes. And, and we started working you know, together with them. What, what's even better is, is we started working with them on, on the beer club as well.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you've heard of our beer club, but uh, it's been it's been an incredible opportunity to share uh, all of these small craft breweries across the country with our our guests. And, uh, and and so the way it works is on a quarterly basis, we go out and we find four different breweries to do a special release beer for us that they can and uh and then those are are those the the quarterly kits that we release to our our membership and it's so much fun being able to share the passion of craft beer with with our guests uh you know we have a lot of people that come through our doors that that love beer uh they want to explore into different styles but they don't know how to and they don't know what to drink and so it's it's been great seeing those those guests come and 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 you know, spend time with us. I mean, you know, those, those members actually spend a lot more time with us as their frequency goes up and their spending goes up. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's been an incredibly successful program for us that we are, we, uh, we were worried at the start of the pandemic that we would lose a bunch of our members. And, and in fact, we actually grew membership right through the pandemic and, and have an all-time high number of members, uh, today.
1: I think people really were drinking more during the
0: pandemic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it was funny. We actually, uh, we actually heard from our members that, that, you know, being stuck at home and and not being able to go out and not being able to spend money on entertainment, that lo and behold, you know, their quarterly release, their quarterly kit of beer was like the thing that they looked forward to. And (laughs) and so, and then, and, you know the the cans are designed, you know, especially for for this kid. It's all at one theme. Like it's it's really well done. Uh, I, I have to give kudos to to John and and the team, uh, the marketing team, for for the job that they're doing. But it's uh, it's an exciting, exciting um, you know program that we've started, and and now we're really you know kicking in on on growth as people are, are falling in love with it.
1: Mm, it sounds really fun. I heard that brunch was another thing that consumers really missed during the pandemic because that's something that you usually go out to. Um, were yep. you able to do any of your brunch menu um, items for takeout, or um,
0: we,
2: how
1: did you, yeah, how did that work?
0: we We did. Yes, we definitely we we had to go through and you know and and uh, you know, while it, it was interesting, going into the pandemic. You know, as I said, our our whole goal was to grow off premise. So we had done an entire project on all of our takeout packaging, upgrading mm-hmm. the takeout packaging, making sure that all the little bits and pieces were were accounted for. Uh, and then brunch was one of those. And and brunch is a little tough because eggs don't normally travel as you know so, as well. Yeah. Uh, but but thankfully we had done a bunch of work on it, and uh, and so we were able to offer our brunch menus during during the pandemic. Um, you know, probably didn't sell as well as our primary menu. Uh, but what we have seen is as dining rooms have have begun to be, begun to open and and people have gotten their vaccinations and people are coming out, we're seeing definitely some great growth in you know back in brunch. I think people are very, very happy to get back together with their friends and their family after the past year,
1: right. Do you have outdoor areas too at your restaurants? I know you're in some in we do.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we we've uh everybody thought I was a little crazy to have big patios in the past, but all of a sudden over the last year, I looked pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean you put a lot of smart things between, you know, having your packaging ready and having patios, that's really pretty. You know. My
0: grandfather, my grandfather used to say, "I'd rather be lucky than good any day." <laughs>
1: <laughs> you must have had some, you know, foresight. So I, I think it was smart as well. Um, so as far as your carryout business went, um, we talked about that a little bit. But is it going to continue to be a priority going forward?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, you know, as as you know. As with 2020 being the great accelerator, uh, we we really did accelerate that plan of growing our off premise sales, and I think you know we we uh, we're, we're seeing off premise sales that we've never ever seen before, we never even dreamed of, truthfully, and uh, and so it's it's really become a, a priority for us to make sure that <clears throat> those guests that have have put their trust in us. Um, by ordering takeout, that that we are able to to uh, execute on that on that trust and and make sure that they're getting complete orders that the you know, the food's properly prepared uh, that you know that it is as convenient as it possibly can be to, to pick up or have delivered or order. I think uh, you know convenience really is is a key piece of it, and so yes, that will definitely continue to be a priority for us, making sure that that we're we're holding on to all of that off-premise business that we were able to earn over over the pandemic.
1: Did you get into the family meal packages as well?
0: We did, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We started our friends and family meal program. Got right in the beginning of of the lockdowns, and uh, our goal our goal with it was was twofold: one, to provide you know high quality, um, affordable meals for for you know, families of of roughly five people. But then, uh, as as also part of that, we actually did a, a kind of a give back program where every time somebody bought one, we would then donate meals to the local communities, and so we gave we gave away thousands of meals to uh, to the, to our local communities uh, during the pandemic.
1: So, will the family meal packages continue as well?
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. I, for the most part. I think the only thing that we have sunsetted or sunsetted uh, it was is the pantry kits, mm-hmm. and you know we, st- we started those pantry kits when the when the shelves in the in the grocery stores were empty. Uh, we 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 definitely found that that once the grocery stores stocked up, we probably didn't need to offer pantry kits anymore. Right. Otherwise, oh. as I said, kind of everything else was part of our our strategic plan for 2020. 2021 and even 2022. So <laughs> I I pulled a couple ideas uh, up from from future years in, into uh, 2020.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: and and our philosophy was that if we are going to do something during this pandemic, let's make sure that the quality level of the of the product that we're we're creating is such that it will survive and grow post pandemic.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
0: that's the case with. Um, the family meals it's the case with the tv dinners it's the case with the jolene's wings uh we created a virtual concept and and while while a lot of virtual concepts were just kind of propped up you know briefly uh we said no 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 we're going to spend the time to create like a real brand we're going to go through and create you know a great high quality you know menu uh with with bold flavors and innovation and and uh, and we're gonna we're gonna create Jolines for for the future, and uh, and so that's what we've done.
1: So does that operate out of existing locations?
0: It does. Yep, yeah, it operates out of existing locations. It gives us a, it, it's it's really fun. It gives us another platform to innovate on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for instance, we just uh, we actually just rolled out our fiery cocky wings. Mm-hmm. So we we yeah we we created a, a really like fun hot sauce. Uh, that we toss the wings in, and then we we crush uh, the fiery takis uh, over the top of them, uh, mm-hmm. and so um, it enables us enables us to do a couple things that probably were were way out of the box for Lazy Dog, but for Jolene's it's like right down the right down the middle. You know, I think Jolene's allows us to be a little even more bold with with the innovation, which I'm excited about.
1: Mm-hmm. That sounds really exciting. So as we move through 2021 and beyond, um, how do you see Lazy Dog's menu evolving?
0: You know, I, I think uh, I know we're going to continue to work on the TV dinners. Uh, we're going to continue to to innovate with with uh, Jolene's
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, for the core menu. We've seen a lot of success uh, over the last couple of years with with nostalgia, with with mm-hmm. uh, nostalgic dishes that have a little twist that have new ingredients and so I think we'll probably we'll probably keep working on that as well as as we as we look at our innovation schedule you know I think people I think people are looking for for great you know comfort food uh, but but with little twists and so we're gonna continue doing that and then we'll keep playing with the small plates in in happy hour having having some more fun there too so yeah, it's it's uh it's exciting. It's exciting to think about uh, all of the innovation that we're going to be doing moving forward, and and getting on, you know, getting back on a normal schedule. <laughs>
2: yeah, our,
0: poor inno- our, our poor innovation team has has been has been full tilt for the last year, so uh, I'm giving them a little break right now as uh, as our operations are, are just focused on getting open again. But uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna hit it again into this year and and next year definitely.
1: So speaking about next year, what are you most looking forward to, both personally and professionally, when things kind of get back to normal?
0: Oh wow! Uh, Well, let's see. I got married. Uh, I got married in January.
2: Oh, congratulations! And
0: uh, thank you very much. Uh, It was a true COVID wedding, (laughs) (laughs) where it was uh, 14 people. You know, we 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 weren't able to celebrate with all of our friends and our family and our, my coworkers. And, and so I am looking forward to, to, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to getting together with friends and family and celebrating, uh, just life and, and my wedding and and the fact that we've made it through this pandemic. And I, I think that that's, uh, it's something I really miss. Cause I, I love I love being around people and uh, it's it's been tough sitting at my kitchen table for the last year, <laughs> staring at people in in Zoom calls.
1: I can relate. <laughs> uh,
0: I know, I know. Yeah, I know, I, you know, I think professionally uh, I think professionally, I am so proud of our team. Um, they have worked so hard over this last year. Um, and you know, I'm I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to getting back into the office with all of them so that we can have our in-person meetings again. Uh, I, I you know a lot of my energy feeds off of our our teams, uh, so looking forward to doing that. And then I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, the growth that that we um, had going before the pandemic. We had to hit the pause button over the last year, and uh, and we just started construction uh on uh or just restarted construction on on uh a couple of the restaurants that that we were planning on opening and now we're we're kind of getting that that development engine started again so that we can return back to that 20 percent growth rate that we had going before before uh before covid so looking forward to getting growth I, i it is so much fun one of the one of the greatest joys i get in this in this position is watching people you know, earn and and take the opportunities, you know, to, to build their career and to grow in their, in their career. And, uh, you know, growth is a huge, (laughs) is a huge driver of that. So Mm -hmm. looking forward to getting back to that.
1: Sounds like you have a lot to look forward to. It's cool.
0: (laughs) Definitely. Yes. There's a lot, there's so much to look forward to. We are, we are absolutely kind of through the tunnel. I've, I can see the light, the lights right there, <laughs> the blue skies, I, you know, all of the metaphors, uh, but, but I'm, I'm seeing all of them and I am so excited about uh, about the rest of this year and in the future.
1: Thanks so much, Chris. I'm so happy to finally find out how lazy dog got its name. Please join us for another Menu Feed podcast as we explore more trends and innovations with chefs and operators. You can download this episode and past ones on Spotify.
0: Hidden Valley Ranch is the original and number one ranch dressing with a cult-like following of loyal fans. Make any menu item more loved by offering your patrons creamy and cool Hidden Valley Ranch. Visit HiddenValleyRanchFoodService.com for more info, rebates, and samples.